Hello. Hello, darling. I love her. I almost didn't answer. I thought oh my it was God! So you know how this works. <laughs> I know, but it was a number from Orlando. It's like, I'm like, I don't have any money for you. <laughs> Wait, remember the last time I called you from Anchor? It was a number from Orlando, and you literally go, you literally go. Did you just try calling me? It was a number from Orlando. <laughs> I have too many random numbers calling me. I told you to eat more plants. Okay, so I um, I think for our podcast listeners, we should give a little background on ourselves today. What do you think? Yeah, I think so, because... Um, a lot of people ask me how how I went about becoming vegan or why or whatever, and my story is a little I'm not different, but um, it's pretty intense, more personal, I guess. I think. Yeah, it was intense. Yeah. So shall I? Tell so where did? Yeah, where did it all start? Let's start at the okay. at the beginning. Let, and it okay, started so, in college, right? It started at the beginning. <laughs> it was, um, let's see, 2000, okay, so I graduated undergrad in 07, and then in 2009, I went to Buenos Aires, Argentina, to teach English, and I lived there for six months, and, you know, on top of my, like, alcoholic tendencies in college, <laughs> thereafter, in my early 20s, you know, Buenos Aires is just like such a city of indulgence and, um, you know, I had some really great friends and we'd go out and, you know, you couldn't even get dinner until like, I think like 11, the restaurants would open. So a typical, you know, a typical day would be waking up at like 11, having like, okay, okay, so by back then I would eat whatever. So I would eat cherry pan, which is like chorizo sausage and um, is it chimchurri, that like spicy little salsa they put in it and bread. Yeah. So that was like a staple. It was like four pesos or five pesos, which was like a dollar 30 or something for me. Right. So I would eat those for lunch often and drink a lot of beer, drink a lot of red wine, fernet con cola and um, had and then you go out to dinner. You a lot of times you'd go to dinner these late elaborate dinners at late at night, and they just um, you don't even order. You just sit down and they start bringing the food out, and it's literally slabs of meat. Different. I mean, it was delicious back then, and I was like, yes, this is grass fed beef. <laughs> like I'm like perfect. <laughs> and even like I would eat like they call it blood sausage, where like they Ew. when they hang the me, yeah, it all drinks. Supposed to be really I've had like that. a pate. Yeah, um, gross. And I had fun, but the whole like, if I'm looking back, that not just the diet, but the lifestyle was acidic because it was late nights. I I remember it was rare that I would go to bed, especially on the weekends before the sun rise. So I mean. I mean, yeah, before the sunrise. So it was usually around 7 o'clock. We're walking home and wow. late night. Yeah, they have lots of naps. I mean, it was a really fun time. But it was the catalyst to getting a stomach ulcer 
And I think not just my time in Argentina, but um, prior to that, like I said, I was a college student and just having fun. So basically I got back from Argentina and I was throwing up every night and I thought I was pregnant. I took like a few pregnancy tests and I was like, no, I'm not pregnant. This is, this isn't that. Um, And I noticed that there was blood in my spit and blood in my throw up. And I was like, Oh God, this is bad. Um, And Ayla, actually my friend who was plant-based was like, you know, that's definitely probably from what you're eating, acidic diet. And I had never heard at that point the difference between an alkalizing and an acidic diet. So I started mm-hmm. doing some research. I went to the doctors. They wanted to put me on Prilosec right away and do an endoscopy, which is putting the camera down your throat into your stomach. Which yeah, and Prilosec honestly, if you for do heartburn? Have, yeah, it's like a, um, every day. It's a you know, quick fix yeah. or it's not, you know, it's, tr- it's treating the symptoms, not the problem. Right. Um, but the endoscopy to me sounded like, because I had such an irritated throat and esophagus and I knew I, if I'm throwing up blood, spitting it up and everything hurts, anything I would eat at that point, it was like, it didn't even matter if it was alkalizing. It just, I couldn't digest anything. I was miserable. And wow. I literally, it was like, getting worse and worse but it was about three months before I went to a doctor I was like trying to figure it out myself and um they said yes this is definitely most likely a stomach ulcer let's pinpoint exactly where it is and I just started doing research and people saying how the endoscopy you know just like reviews online how the endoscopy made their ulcer flare up more irritated it more if you think about it you're putting it shoving a camera down into your already irritated airways. So, um, so I, this is where I had a very pivotal moment in my life. And I started to take my health into my own hands where I was like, okay, well, I don't want to follow along with the doctors. I'm going to try to heal myself with foods. And like that food is dying medicine Mm kind of took over, um, and, and I that's did because. A diet. Wait, how did you come to that conclusion? Just oh, because well, reading online about no, um, Ayla talked to me about the acidic acidic. She said, you know, what causes what, the causes of stomach ulcers are normally like a really high acidic diet and lifestyle. And I started researching about that. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm, like, checking off every yeah. check here with my behavior the past five years or plus, you know? Yeah. So, um, and then I started reading about alkalizing food and keeping your body balanced. And I was like, I'm definitely on the acidic, like, way into the other spectrum. Totally. So she was giving me a lot of guidance in that Um during this, I would ask her questions because she, at that point, was probably the only vegan I knew and was mm-hmm. doing training with um, the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, Dr. Uh, Bernard. He's the one that directs the Cancer Project. So she had a lot of information from that. And then she she was kind of, you know, sharing everything with me. And it kind of all made sense to me. 
so as a trial before I was like, okay, like I'm going to put this endoscopy on hold. I'm going to get off the Prilosec and I'm going to see. So what I did was ate a very bland diet. It's like an elimination diet where I would, I couldn't, cause like even some good things like lemon is um, alkalizing once it goes into the body. Mm-hmm. But certain things, lemon, garlic, onion, stuff like that, I could not eat, even though it's alkalizing and good for you. At first, if you think about it, an ulcer is like an open wound. It's like an open exposure in your, Ugh. yeah. So I had to heal it. So I had to, I could only digest very simple things. So I would, in the morning, make a banana almond milk smoothie with maybe a little spirulina, something very nothing spicy, no ginger. Um, yeah. Then I would have for like lunch and dinners, like I, raw foods was even too much for me. I could, I was eating steamed white rice at first. Then I switched to brown, but steamed rice, um, steamed vegetables. And I guess I was doing tofu, maybe boiled chicken, very easy stuff to digest. And in three weeks, I mean, in in a couple weeks, I think I stopped the throw the bleeding and the throwing up. In three weeks, my heartburn, everything was gone. Literally three weeks. Wow! I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So that was a huge um, transformation for me. And from then on, and then okay, so it wasn't like okay, now I'm vegan and fuck fuck acidic foods. It yeah. was like, oh shit! I miss chicken. I miss, or I <laughs> yeah. missed, um, hamburgers and cheese. And so, after I healed, I started eating. I was eating very healthy and salads and stuff. But of course, I'd, you know, want to drink alcohol. That was probably the hardest thing for me to stop, you know. And then every time it was like I felt good, but any time I ate something that was very acidic. I'd have a flare up again and I'd have that stomach ache and I'd lie in bed miserable. Um, so it, it was, I understand like giving up meat and stuff is really hard for some people. And for me, it was like not an option. Like I just couldn't eat it. I'd get sick. So I did, I, so I only ate fish and chicken and then healthy versions of it, not like a fried chicken sandwich. I'd eat like grilled chicken or stuff like that. So my, um, transition to vegan went from and it took it would took a couple of years because that's back in yeah. 2009 and then I didn't really start to be vegan until I moved out to Hawaii in 2011 right it took me a few years um and I slowly gave up um it was all red meats I had to give it up and then then I gave up chicken and then I gave up cheese and dairy, and then I gave up fish. But I tape, I came back, you know, I would experiment where I would be vegan. Even when I got to Hawaii, I was, I was vegan for maybe six months. And then I was like, oh, man, that ahi is, looks so good. And I started eating fish again. And then more so the fish didn't really give me too much um, stomach upset. It was, well, one, I got food poisoning a couple times from pokey, that kind of Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was like, okay. That would be a sad day (laughs) for me because I love Yeah, (laughs) I know. But, and then I, you know, at this point, because when I, in 2009, it wasn't, 
for me, it was personal reasons. It wasn't to save the animals or to be a better, you know, conscious human being. It was, but now my values, it's funny how like this was what my body wanted, but now everything is aligning with my values as a human, Mm -hmm. um, knowing where our food's coming from, you know, all that. I'm nervous about eating fish. Anyway, I don't anymore, but I did. And it made me nervous because of the nuclear waste from Japan. I mean, they're, they're finding in the fish on the West coast of California. Um, so of course it's going to be around here in Hawaii. We're 3000 miles closer. So, um, anyways, yeah. So it was, you know, and that's what I try to tell people when they are interested in being vegan or they, you know, my uh, Ali'i, he did it overnight, cold turkey. He has me, though, a vegan chef to support him. And Oh, yeah. Him. That's a huge so, difference. That makes a is. huge difference. If you don't know how to cook or don't have a major reason for changing your habits, like, it's really tough <laughs> and it could it take is. longer and than it could take longer than a couple of years anyway. Yeah. And I, you know, what's funny is I, not funny, but I, this week I've just been working a lot and busy and not really cooking. And he's been like moping around the house and being like, I feel drained and depleted. And I'm like, you're waking up and you're not eating. Like you need, I, I'm, you know, I really helped eat. him a lot in the beginning, and I was making him every meal. But I'm like, you need to like go get some nut butters and some vegetables, and like we need to start doing our meal prep days again because, so you know, that you, me, you have to have that ready. That brings me to a question. Mm-hmm. So once you, I remember like because we went to college, we were in college at the same time, and we knew each other back then. And I remember we would make food together and stuff. Did you always um, have a passion for cooking? Like, how did you learn to? <laughs> well, first cre- of all, um, wait now, food. wait now. <laughs> I was your sous chef, just like I. She am was, today. and you were so resistant in the beginning because of girl power. Is all I have to say. Um, you, I'm I sorry, swear to God, you should have been the lead in the Spice Girls. <laughs> I would love that. But we were surrounded by men, well, boys at the time, who shall not be named, Aaron, no naming, who were somewhat <laughs> degrading <laughs> in a joking way. And so me being the stubborn Scorpio that I am did not want to have anything to do with cooking. But see, right, I, right. I learned so much from you. So, yeah. anyway, you know fast what? forward, okay. you were always cooking, but how did you learn to make meatless meals? Because we always, you and I both grew up with, like, pot roast and steak and oh, yeah. whatever, steak and potatoes. Well, I think, okay, so how I learned was I, I always liked to cook, and I cooked with my mom. But, yes, every every meal was based on the meat item, whether it was chicken parm or pot roast, whatever. I personally refuse to give up my favorite comfort foods like spaghetti and meatballs or so I literally just, you know, it took me a long time. Like it took me many trial um, trial and errors of making meatballs that just crumbled like meatballs out of veggies until I figured out 
a flax egg or how to bind things. Um, I guess my answer to that question is just trial and error and keep just going with my favorite foods. Like I loved shepherd's pie growing up. So, you know, easy to replace, you know, meat or easy to make mashed potatoes vegan. You get a little earth balanced butter, even coconut oil, whatever, whip it up. So delicious. Corn is vegan. And then, um, so finding a ground beef, how do I make a ground beef? So I, I went and I would experiment with different things. They do have that fake ground beef, which is pretty tasty, but it's soy protein isolate. And that would give me heartburn. That would cause the stomach to flare up. So I couldn't eat that. Um, so then whole plant foods, I would just Google. And I, I found my favorite ground beef is a half mixture of soaked walnuts and lentils that I cook the lentils, I boil them until they're not super soft, till they're just undercooked. And then I'll take the walnuts and I will either dice them up with a knife or I'll throw them in the food processor. And I mix half the lentils and half the walnut mixture together. And I cook it like I would a ground beef, saute it with onions and peppers. And it's freaking delicious. And I've had people have my bolognese as meat sauce and they, they don't even know it's vegan. They think it's regular meat. So, yeah, I yeah. don't really, then, I guess there's no clear answer. Just um, experimenting and, and being open, open to it. Being like, oh, I miss, you know, oh, I miss this or whatever. Like tofu took me a while. At first I was like, what the hell? This stuff is soft and oh, wishy yeah. and I can't <laughs> get the liquid out. And until someone told me about firm tofu and marinating it. And, and I finally and, figured out how to cook it. And pressing it. Yeah. Like, that took me a while. Getting the water out. Yeah. Yeah. At first, I was like, tofu's disgusting. But now it's just such a go-to thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't don't cook meat at my house anymore. Um, So, tofu's huge. There's always a block in the fridge. Yeah. Me too. Tempeh is another great. um, When you throw that in the food processor, you use that as ground beef, too. That's really good. So it's funny, though, because um, you and I cook in similar ways these days is where we just kind of like it's it's trial and error as far as we don't really follow recipes and we don't really create mm-hmm. recipes. But we're working on that for everybody. Who's I know that's asking. the hard problem. <laughs> that's the hard for part. Everyone, people are like, I want that recipe. I'm like, I just threw some shit in a blender. Yeah, until it tasted but, good. <laughs> yeah. And that's hey, the but cool that, thing about being cooking vegan. You can taste it along the way. It's not like you're tasting raw beef. That's what I love about making my vegan veggie burgers. Like, yes. You and can't sausage. taste ground beef burgers along the way. Yeah, you could just taste it until it tastes good raw, and then you cook it, and you know it's going to be dank. Yeah, exactly. So, but that's the important. We always talk about stocking your kitchen pantry with, like, these essential items, we ha- we did a whole blog series on our essential kitchen yeah. staples because that way you can, if you need, oh, this needs to taste a little more salty or a little more sweet, you have these specific things that are always in your kitchen. You can always add to it. But right, we will be working on putting recipes to paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's very difficult for us. I know. It'll be worth it. It's just too good not to share. Yeah. And I really do want to make it um, 
simple. And under, I want people to understand being vegan is cheaper, it's healthier, and it's honestly so much easier. People think it's harder, but, I mean, it's less expensive, too. Like, you don't have to buy the cheese and the quality organic grass-fed beef. Because, like, if you're going to eat cheese and beef, these days you better make sure it's organic or you know where it's coming from because yeah. that is going to be full of Gross. hormones yeah. and yeah we don't even want to go there but anyways it is easier and it's much more affordable and I can just really I just keep these staples in my fridge and I'm like I just have to pick a theme night like is it Mexican is it Italian are we doing curry or are we you know and then yeah. I have you have the items in your fridge and you just go from there. Um, but I wanted well, to say that, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. That, yeah, like, and if people are, you know, fine, everyone has their reasons of why, but um, I just had this conversation. The reason I think that you and I were talking about how I became vegan is I was talking to my mom and my brother is now having the same stomach ulcer issues. And apparently it runs into our family in our family because my aunt died of stomach cancer. And I was like, well, yeah, mom, I really believe that's how it happens in our body. They'll, they say that stress and inflammation, inflammation is the precursor to any illness. So it starts slowly. For instance, like I had warnings way before my stomach ulcer, it got to that point that I was going, you know, that something was off where I would have Mm -hmm. heartburn, you know, or, and I would just take Tums or something. I would would carry Tums in my purse or these are little signs from our body telling us that something's not right. Like food should make you feel energized. And that's another thing. Like I love now that food makes, gives me energy. I don't need a nap. Oh my God. In Argentina, they they base their life off napping (laughs) because you're, you're processing so much meat in the body. That's really hard on the body. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a slow transition. And then, you know, and it can, if you don't, the, I said to my mom, she was all upset about my brother with the stomach ulcer. I said, think of that as a blessing in disguise because that is a, your body saying you need to change something. Because, right. You know, if you don't listen to these, then yes, down the road, he could have stomach cancer and it would be too late. So listening to our body and, you know, um, paying attention to these signs, I think is very important. That's huge. And that will also, doing that will also help, help the changes to stick. I think the more you're aware of like how, how food's affecting your every body system. Yeah. Right. Well, yay. I think that this, thanks for sharing your story, darling. I know we've written about it many times, but I think this actually hearing it will help um, shed some light on how, easy or difficult it may be for people to make that change and like we're always here for any questions I'll tell y'all my story at some point in the future it's not as it's not as dramatic as Aaron's but (laughs) I'm always the dramatic one you're so drama (laughs) um I also wanted to add um what helps too because sometimes it's like well everything gives me heartburn well I'm always feeling shitty um, take a, and as dorky as it sounds, just keep a little journal of 
your food. So say you want to do the elimination diet. Eat very bland foods, stuff that is not going to upset your stomach. And then, you know, let your if you're having these issues, then let your gut heal a little bit and then slowly introduce and write down. Like for me, it was like certain, like I couldn't eat onions, I remember, for a while or garlic. And then just work with your body. Your body is, the more in touch you can become with your body, the easier it is going to be for you. Just listen to it. And I think the best way to do that is keeping a journal and writing down what makes you feel really good and what makes you feel not so good. And, mm-hmm. oh, and then the other thing, sorry, I could talk about this inflammation all day. All day. But, um, all day long. Um, I have all day. Out, this helped me. <laughs> this helped me was um, printing. There's a, you can just Google it, but we have it in our guide actually in our um anti-inflammatory diet guide. If you haven't checked it out, a lot of what we're talking about is in there. But there's a a chart, acidity versus alkalinity. So it will talk, it shows you the range from the most alkalizing food to the most acidic food. So that was really helpful for me when I would be like, okay, I don't know what to eat. Like I'm trying to eat alkalizing. I'd look up and I'd be like, oh, peanuts, they're super acidic. Mm. almonds are actually alkalizing. So, I would so that's why we switch to almond more alkalizing. Right. Yeah. So stuff like that, it, it, it's a great way when you, so you don't have to think all the time or research, hey, is this alkalizing? Is this acidic? It, it'll, it'll start to become second nature where you'll, you know, that like green things are really alkalizing and stuff like that. But um, Print that out and put it on your fridge. I think it's great for everybody in the household to oh, kind yeah. of develop that awareness. And if, so. if you are interested in getting that, our favorite version of that chart is in our anti-inflammatory guide, which mm-hmm. if you sign up for our email list, we'll send that to you. It's free. It's like a 10-page PDF thing that you can keep on your phone or print out if you want. So. If you go to thekalewhale.com and sign up for our email list, that will come straight to your inbox. Um, yeah. I think that's a please great read guide. It. I'm pretty proud of that guide. <laughs> I like I'm, that guide I'm, a lot. Yeah. I'm proud of it, too. And, like, some people, you know, a lot of people come to us with um, whatever issue they're having, and the answers are in the guide. <laughs> they're in <laughs> and, the guide. And, and if you don't find the answer in there, please ask us. Let us know. Like, yeah. We're, We're here, here to, help. to help. We want we want everyone to feel and that and that is the everyone's ultimate goal, I think, right, is to live be your best self, live to your optimum potential. And the you know, so by fueling yourself with the right food sources, that is like a sure way, a big step yes. to getting to major. your best self. So major major step. Everything else kind of falls into place, too, when you do that. I agree. It's all connected. Yes, Mama. All right, Lava. Well, thank you. I hope everybody enjoyed our little chit-chat, our little coffee talk. My coffee talk. Did I start talking faster throughout at the end because my coffee is starting to kick in? Which coffee, by the way, is Are you jumping up and down (laughs) right now? No, I'm giving Jasper a massage. Oh, puppy. Oh, my big baby bear. <laughs> by the way, coffee's acidic, but you can make it alkalizing by blending some coconut oil in there. Or if you if you do a cold press and 
just leave it soaking overnight. Cold press coffee. Cold, cold brew is better. Yeah. Cold brew, yeah. Cold brew, thank you. Not cold oh, press you're with welcome. juices. <laughs> Thanks pressing for clarifying. Them, them beans. <laughs> I've been pressing them beans all goddamn night. <laughs> I've been juicing my coffee beans all morning. Oh, oh yeah, really? all you have to do is get a French press. It's awesome. You throw the grinds in the French press and then some water, filtered water. Yeah. And in the morning, you have fresh coffee. That's good for camping. And I live too. in Hawaii, so it's good for, you know, who needs hot coffee? Me. Um, great. <laughs> I do like hot coffee too. I think you can heat it. Um, once you have the cold press, you can like slowly heat it. It's not, it still won't be as acidic as if you're brewing it. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Well, we're almost at 30 minutes. I don't want to like talk everybody. Sorry y'all. So yeah, this okay. is a normal conversation for us, by the way, like hour, hour and a half, Aaron and I get to chatting. So <laughs> yeah, Lee's like, what'd you do today? I was like, well, I talked to Shannon <laughs> for an hour and 45 minutes this morning. So we're going to start recording these calls and hopefully provide some value since we we are pretty entertaining to ourselves. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll talk to you soon. Love you. I love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.